This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. What I'm going to do, we're just going to take just a few minutes, uh, peek into the Word a little bit, and then we're going to conclude with communion. Actually, the Word today is going to be um, focused again uh, on this beautiful thing we call the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus. And so it's going to tie into the series that we've been in, a seat at the table. I want you to look with me at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We saw this last week, and if you weren't here, it's on our website. It's also on our podcast, and just I, I think it would be helpful for you to go and listen. But we saw that there's this writer of Hebrews, some theologians believe to be Apollos, a very polished speaker that was a protege of the Apostle Paul. And he's declaring something over the church. And so he's declaring this over us tonight, actually, over every single person in this room. So I don't want this message to be in the peripheral as you're just kind of thinking, oh, wow, those are some nice words. I want you to take it to your heart. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded By this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Everybody say everything. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily besets and entangles. And let us run the race. Run the race. It's time to run, you guys. Run the race with perseverance, which means cheerful endurance. Cheerful endurance. This life in Jesus can be a life filled with joy. Come on, somebody. Cheerful endurance, you know. Sometimes life is hard, it has its ups and downs, but we can run it with cheerful hearts. That's what he's saying. Run this race with cheerful endurance that's been marked out for us. Let me make it personal. That's been marked out for you. You have significance. And if we all don't run our race in the way that like Dave and and, and just that just the, they testified of tonight, then we're, we're, we're doing the body, the greater body, a disservice because we each play a part in this, right? And this great cloud of witnesses that, that he was describing here, if you look back in Hebrews chapter 11, it's talking about in verse 13, these people who by faith, who by faith, didn't give up even until they died and they never saw the promise. These were people like Abraham and, and Sarah and Enoch and a, a bunch of other Moses that, that, that got this calling over their lives in a, in a completely different era than we're a part of. And yet they ran this race by faith even up until they died when they didn't see the promise. There's a lot of commendation that goes into Hebrews chapter 11 because imagine being given something that you're never going to see. You're never going to see it fulfilled, and yet it's been given to you to run that part of the race. And so he's talking, this cloud of witnesses now that is cheering us on are these ones that ran a part of the race that they knew they were never going to see its fulfillment, and yet they're looking at us and they're saying, run with cheerful endurance. Why? Because we are the ones that have been given the assignment to actually see what they saw in a distance come into the present and see it fulfilled. Come on, somebody. This is really powerful. This is really important. We need to understand the time and the season that we live in. 
A lot of times we're ignorant to the moment that we live in in human history. So we just go through day in, day out without any purpose and without any understanding of what this whole thing is about. Faith is this whole concept of, 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 of being confident. It talks about this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, in what we hope for and having this assurance, even in, even in things we don't see. And these ones saw something in the distance and they stayed the course. How much for us should we be able to grab a hold of, of the understanding and be able to see, if you will, that there's something possible for us that was not possible for previous generations, even that existed for about 4,000 plus years on the planet. We have a significant moment. We talked about how last week, how unfortunately we get stuck in, in enduring hardship of life at times where the, the stages of grief, I want to put this up just for you to peek at, and then you can check this out on the podcast from last week, but there's where we go through seasons of our stages of grief as we walk through difficulty. But what's unfortunate, we can get stuck in these various stages. You could get stuck at denial. You could get stuck at being angry. You could get stuck at like bargaining with God, like God, if you do this, please, you know, but ultimately like things that we walk through that are difficult at the end of the day, we sang about it tonight, that God takes everything and works it for our good, where we actually reach the finish line in navigating grief, where we find meaning through circumstances that aren't so pleasant. Come on, guys. We find meaning and purpose in it, ultimately, at the end of the day, and then we continue to run. Here's what I want to do is Keneal actually comes up and we, we begin to close this thing. I believe that there's something that we need to see as we continue to run in this moment that there's, there's this illustration that's so beautifully laid out in Hebrews chapter 12, where he gives this imagery of these two distinct mountains. And they were both ones that, that, that involved uh, significance in terms of times in history. And I think often we will find ourselves climbing the wrong mountain. You know, I grew up in Montana, and, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know where you're at. You gotta kind of know what mountain you're climbing, and 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 how you're gonna navigate it to get to the ascension that you've been called to get to, right? Otherwise, it can just become a problem. And there's two mountains that he's laying out here in these scriptures. I just want to go over this with you quickly, and then we're gonna take communion together because there's there's a gospel uh, message here in in these in these verses. Look what he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. And he's very specific with his language. He says, you have not come. Okay, so we need to catch right here. Here's this mountain that's being described. And he's talking to a New Testament church because he wants them to pivot into the proper perspective of where they are in human history, the Kairos moment that we find ourselves in. And he said, hey, you guys have kind of been over here a little bit in your thinking but I'm going to straighten this out. He says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. And that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm. I, I would call this the mountain of fear. Where in essence, we think that we are the sacrifice. Listen, you're not the sacrifice. You're not. We are not the sacrifice. But that mountain, in essence... The people were the sacrifice. He says in verse 22, let's skip down to that for the sake of time, because he wants to give us perspective on what mountain we're supposed to focus on. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion. 
Mount Zion, just contextually, if you were to go to Israel today, where the Temple Mount is, that is actually Mount Zion. Abraham came to that spot thousands of years ago to sacrifice who? His son, right? That's how things worked back then. You had to, there was, you know, there was this, this imagery of like, hey, you need to lay yourself on this altar. But God performed a miracle then, and it was, it was, it was a picture, it was symbol, symbolism of like what was coming for us. Just as he's raising life, can you imagine like this promised son, they couldn't get pregnant, you know, his wife is miraculously um, able to have a child past childbearing years, and they're, they're taking this promise that God had spoken to them, laying this promise on the altar. Can you imagine the faith to do something like that? And as he's raising the knife, the Lord provides a lamb to be the sacrifice instead of Isaac. And he says, you have come to that mountain. Zion, the city of the living God. Home. They was talking about a, a, a church community that feels like home, but but there's a space that we can live in, in the community of God, where we feel like, man, even this city is my home. This environment is my home. These people are my home. The heavenly Jerusalem. And he says, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. A mountain of joy, instead of a mountain of gloom, darkness, one that can be touched by the brokenness of man. No, you've come up higher to this mountain of promise, this mountain of beauty, this mountain of joy. This is where we're called to live. Who's part of this city? Verse 23, it says, to the children of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, this is sons and daughters, guys. This is family, man, that's being brought into this beautiful thing called the kingdom of God. Jesus was the firstborn of many sons and daughters. We follow in his way. He said, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. This is this great cloud of witnesses that have now come into the comprehension of all things and they're seeing it with clarity and they're cheering us on guys you can do this do it we see now all the scriptures have been laid out for us to now be able to see if we could see this but here's the most powerful part I think of this portion of verses in verse 24, it says, you've come to Jesus. I tell people all the time, and I think I'm getting more and more bold about this, but all of humanity is gonna have to answer one question. Simple, focused, one question. Who is Jesus? guy? Was he a prophet? Good teacher? Rabbi? Or 
Is he who the writer of Hebrews says, the mediator of a new covenant, a whole new way of God relating to his creation? And the way that 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 was made possible was by his blood that flowed from the innocence of his body as this sacrificial lamb that we saw paralleled symbolically through Abraham coming to Mount Zion. The father has brought his son to that same place and placed him on the altar. The only lamb that could pay for all the brokenness and sin that ever existed before him, during that time, afterwards. And now he is the mediator of a whole new agreement between God and his kids. Let's think about this. When we even ponder the thought of the bread, which is a body broken, and the wine, which is blood that was spilled. He opened, think about this with me as we wrap this up. He opened a doorway of intimacy with God. Hear me, that could never be shut again. Never. Can you imagine intimacy between us and our Creator? where we don't have to, like Adam, run and hide in shame and condemnation. And by the way, that cycle is exhausting. We can come to him, Hebrews says, and find help in our time of trouble. This blood, the writer says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, speaks a better word than the blood of Cain and Abel. sacrifice of a person that at the end of the day didn't move the needle his blood spoke from the ground but it couldn't change anybody else last little thoughts here and these are more like the awe of the Lord and I think that we've kind of lost that a little bit in the church we talk about the beauty of relationship and God opening this door from us to him no shame no condemnation totally legit But I want to, in the midst of that, have an awe and a wonder in my heart like never before. Where I don't take that for granted and I see this God, that if if outside of his grace, I would just explode into a million pieces because he's that powerful. Look what he says in verse 25. And let's take this to heart as we take communion, leave this night. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. And then he he goes back and he says, if they on the other mountain didn't escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And then he talks about the power of Jesus in the place that he's seated. He says in verse 26, at one time, his voice shook the earth through a prophet like Moses. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but I will shake the heavens. You know what that speaks to me? There's there's this 
Scripture where Paul talks about these principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and dominion that, that live in this place called the second heaven. You know what? God's going to shake that place. We saw Satan, the Bible describes him, fall like lightning. Listen, every single other principality and power that has dominion over the earth, he's going to shake it. Shake it, and it's all going to come falling down. Where will we be found in that moment? Will we be found in a place where when God is speaking to us, our ears are open? Our eyes are able to see the potential that's before us. Do we believe that we're living in the most profound time in human history? Do we, do we believe that all that we've been through, good and bad in life, God has used and he will turn for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes? And it's time for us not to stay stuck in our challenges and those moments where grief set in, but to run. To run the race that's been set before us. No, are we going to sit on this moment right now and just be stagnant? I say no. I believe God is speaking. When he verse says, verse 27, he says, These words once more indicate the removal of what can be shaken. You know what he's talking about here? Anything and everything that hinders love, he'll shake. Nothing standing in the way of the love of God. As you take your communion, I want to just read verse 28 over us as we conclude. He says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be, what? Thankful. When he gives the command to take communion often in remembrance of him. He's talking about remember what I've done. Remember what I'm going to do. Remember your assignment. Remember the moment that you're in. And could we tonight, could we in just a posture of grateful hearts, could we just take this with such thankfulness on our heart? And then he says, so worship God acceptably. So it's thankfulness leads to openness of heart. And we go, God, you are awesome. You are everything. With reverence and awe. It's not casual in that sense. It's like you are, as he says in verse 29, a consuming fire. Burning with love. He's made provision to remove everything and anything that hinders love, to break you out of being stuck. Because the blood and the body. Jesus brought us to a new mountain pray this with me, Lord. Thank you that you took upon yourself the weight of the sin of the world. You were in such distress when this began to happen that you began to sweat drops of blood even before you went to the cross. Give us an awe 
Give us wonder. Give us thankful hearts. Give us the capacity to worship you, which simply means you are the first place of the affection of our heart. Everything else is second. Thank you that your body taken upon itself the brokenness of humanity that the law could not fix, that natural animals being sacrificed could not ultimately sustain. Even our own sacrifice could not realize. We eat tonight and we taste and we see that you are good. Would you take the Keneal actually sings this song. I just want him to sing over us tonight. Could we take the cup that opened up a doorway for transformation to actually come? Sin was remedied, but this is what opened up the doorway for us to be like Jesus. So we drink, Lord, tonight and behold your beauty as we do. The pure and spotless lamb. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.